All right. Okay. Hey, everybody. Jen Springer here. Monday night webinar. Actually, Monday night kind of like a meeting here happening. And totally. I am so excited because we have on one of the most special guests we could possibly have on here. But first, I want to give you a brief background here of the Monday Night Call. If this is your first time ever, we have been doing this every Monday since 2012. We've got hundreds of recordings every Monday night, 7 p.m. Central. Block it out on your calendars so that you can get awesome training and interviews from the most successful people in Young Living, supporting Young Living, and who knows? We always get special guests like the one we have tonight. And so for the recordings, go to diamondfactorytraining.com. You can download all the recordings. You can do that as a free member. And then you can also stream the audios on iTunes. So just go to podcasts and then go to Diamond Factory, and you'll see me, and you'll see Monty, and you can subscribe, and you can listen to us there. So tonight, I am so excited to have this guest on because she is one of your most favorites. Like, the girl is a walking encyclopedia, and she can research and find any answer to any question you can possibly think of. You know, I'm a super dork, and I'm like, Wow, she's like a super duper mega dork in a very loving and positive way. The best way possible. Yeah. Yes. You know, smart girls, you know, smart girls. And so Lindsay Elmore, in, in case if you guys don't know her already, she is here tonight to talk to you about what she's got going on. She's going to give us some of her amazing in, like wisdom when it comes to one of her most favorite topics, which is what you put in your face so that you look and feel amazing. And who knows, you might like lose a little of this. You might be able to get rid of some of those things you pick up at Walgreens or CVS and your face looks amazing, your hair. You know, a lot of the topics lately, Lindsay, have been about beauty and the makeup and all this stuff. But unless you're radiating from the inside out, that makeup is only just paint. <laughs> yeah. I was um, I was walking with my friend, uh, met her up yesterday morning, and we walked from 45th Street all the way down to like 12th, which is a really long walk. And one of the very last things she said to me as we were parting was, she said, you know, my number one goal at this moment is to ensure that I'm putting better stuff into my body so that I get better stuff out of my body. And it's yes. so true. It's so true. What you put in is going to dictate what you get out. Absolutely. And, you know, thank you so much, by the way, for coming on here and yeah. sharing. I know that you love to share your knowledge. It's like something you feel like you just can't keep, you know, a gift like that to just keep sharing. Because when you share, then other people teach and they teach on and teach on. And and I just want to thank you for coming here and taking this time because I know you're a crazy schedule. You've got so many things going on. You're in high demand. So all of you that are here, you're incredibly blessed to be able to listen to her tonight. And oh, I'm so excited. So tell us, like, what have you been up to? I know I saw some really cool pictures, you know, following you on Facebook where I see before and afters and, you know, you're doing your own thing now. So you're like a like a, a woman on fire with all of this stuff that you're having, you know, I, I, I anyways, we're going to go into that you guys later. We're going to talk about where you can get her to present for you 
without with you saying the word. So we'll talk about that in a bit, but let's like catch everybody up. What's happening so they know the status of what's going on. So over the past month, um, I and 250 of my closest friends went through and did um, a dietary cleanse. And I will preface all of this. I hate the word diet as much as everyone else. And I want us to all be empowered. Let's reclaim what the word diet means. Diet does not mean a reduction in calories in order for you to achieve some body image. Diet means what you eat every day. That is the basic meaning of the word diet. It is simply what you put into your body. So the cleanse that we did was wheat-free, sugar-free, alcohol-free, caffeine-free, vegan for at least 21 days. And so um, I first did this cleanse back when I was in pharmacy school, and I've done it several times since then, and it has transformed and become much more of my daily life than a cleanse. And so that is what we did. We saw dramatic transformations. Um, I would say of the people that were very, very highly engaged and, you know, they may have slipped up a time or two, but they did their absolute best to stick to wheat-free, sugar-free, alcohol-free, caffeine-free, vegan. Um, the average weight loss was between, well, around seven or eight pounds. This was completely unintentional. People were not changing their workout routines. They were simply changing what they put into their body. We also saw a lot of people, the most amazing thing about eating in this way is the side effect is that you lose weight and get off medicines. So around the middle of the second week, I started getting loads of messages. Lindsay, I'm dizzy. Lindsay, my blood sugar's oh my low. Lindsay, what do I do? And I'm like, okay, if, if you're dizzy, you need to check your blood pressure. Are you on blood pressure medicines? Yes, absolutely. We had to decrease blood pressure medicines um, with the collaboration with their physician. Um, we had two people with, we had one person with type one diabetes and another with type two diabetes person with type two diabetes said that their diabetes control was better than it's been since her diagnosis. She actually, I had to work with her a lot because one of the things about, um, sorry, one of the things about diabetes getting better is people don't understand that they are actually getting to normal. The, she would call me and be like, I woke up and my blood sugar was 80. And that's <laughs> it's been in five years. And I'm like, you're on the right path. Because um, it takes a readjustment. Your brain is so used to those high sugar levels that you actually get like a diabetes grog when yes. it starts to get better. But then if you just keep it up, your brain gets retrained in order to recognize that, hey, these normal sugar levels are exactly that. They are normal. So we had such amazing transformations. Um, I knew we would because like I said, I, I did this. This is my third or fourth time to do this. I've lost track of how many times I've actually done this reset. Um, and the first time that we did it, I was in pharmacy school with a bunch of my friends 
we all felt amazing. And so, and the best part about this particular version that I've done was the community. We had a community of, of people who were engaged in their own health advocating for each other, giving each other grace when they made mistakes, helping to educate each other about the side effects, sharing tips, recipes. Um, and I got to collaborate with a couple of my favorite people to put it all together, share the load as far as education goes. And so it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. Um, and so, yeah, it's been interesting because most people consider me this essential oil educator, mm -hmm. but my background is patient care. You know, I take care of people and help to help them to change their lives. And so, um, before I started teaching full time, I was a chemist and then I was um, a pharmacist and I practiced in family medicine. So the primary disease states um, that I worked with were um, diabetes, hypertension, hyperlipidemia. I ran a pain clinic, an asthma clinic, COPD, and more. Um, and the most powerful part of it was I was practicing in North Carolina which has the most progressive pharmacy practice act in the entire United States. So I was actively as a medication expert, which is really what pharmacists are. I was actually able to change people's meds, start meds, discontinue them and help manage um, the patients so that physicians can do what they really do best, which is diagnose, figure out what's going on. And so that all the other healthcare providers could do what they do best. And so it was, it's great to feel this little part of me blossoming again. You know, when you say the, the aggressive pharmacy, you know, the pharmacy act, what does that mean? Does that give you more, more, uh, you know, more scope in your practice as a pharmacist? Absolutely. And, you know, nothing would mean more to me if everyone on this call walked away with a different view of what pharmacists do. Yeah, please share because this is like super cool. And I think it's going to be so helpful for everybody. Many people consider pharmacy as the person that counts pills and puts them in a bottle. Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. When you think about the average physician's education, they typically get one to two semesters of pharmacology. As a pharmacist, you get two years of pharmacology, two years of pharmaceutical chemistry. You get less anatomy, less physiology, but, and then you do, then you put all of that medicinal chemistry, the pharmacology of like how do drugs fit into receptors, etc. You put all that together in something called pharmacotherapy. Pharmacotherapy is when I take a moment to look at the person in front of me, listen to their story, review all their medicine lists, and then work to optimize the therapeutic outcomes. Believe it or not, I've never worked in a pharmacy where my job was to pills. 
I mean, it's been since pharmacy school. All I ever, and back then you're an intern and of, of course you got to work in a pharmacy to become a pharmacist. But I never worked in a Walgreens, Rite Aid, etc. Um, I always worked in hospitals. I also worked in what's called um, a medication therapy management clinic. Um, I'm very highly certified in medication therapy management, which again, you look at, does this medicine have, are they taking it the right dose? Is it causing them any side effects? Is it, does it have an indication? And I, it breaks my heart sometimes when I see people and they say, you know, I'm taking all these medicines and I don't know what they do. Mm. That is an utter failure on the behalf of pharmacists, um, as well as physicians and prescribers. And so I also think that because we rely so heavily on physicians for medication management, sometimes the tiny details of medicines get lost. Um, for example, I had a woman reach out to me and say, Lindsay, my INR, which is a measure of how thin your blood is, she's like, my INR is all over the place. Nobody can figure out how to stabilize my dose. I've been going every week to the physician, having to get blood drawn, get it checked, blah, blah, blah. It took me three questions until I was like, that's why your INR is all over the place. Nobody had taken a moment to say, has anything changed with your medicine list? Turns out she had injured her back and had been taking ibuprofen over the counter, different doses every day. That's one of the most classic drug interactions with this drug, warfarin. Oh my gosh, yeah. It, it seriously took me three minutes to figure it out. And so when I say this about um, the Pharmacy Practice Act, when original Medicare legislation was written by the CMS, the government, they left pharmacists out as care providers. Okay. For 15 years now, probably even longer than that, pharmacists have been advocating, lobbying, writing their senators, trying to get back this provider status because right now, the way that pharmacists make money is based on how many drugs do you sell? Absolutely, yes. We need to shift that mindset so that everyone understands that pharmacists are the number one advocate that they have to decrease the number of medicines because we as pharmacists see when medicine lists grow and grow and grow, People end up making mistakes. They end up causing themselves harm. Um, did you know that the number one um, reason for, one of the number one reasons for hospitalization in America is because of known adverse drug events. People have adverse drug effects that we know are a risk. And so Pharmacists have so many more skills than just dispensing medicines. So for example, I know how to diagnose COPD. I know how to diagnose asthma. I can run the tests, interpret them, etc. 
I can look at your lab values and go, ooh, that medicine is making this lab value off. We need to cut back on the dose. I can diagnose uh, peripheral arterial disease. I can um, teach you how to quit smoking. I, I'm as highly trained as they come as far as quitting smoking goes. Um, and I can help you understand your medicines. Pharmacists are also so good as our parents get older, our grandparents get older. Something as simple as taking a black piece of paper and a white piece of paper and laying out your medicines on it and labeling them can be life-changing and can secure independence for somebody who's losing their sight. Right. Um, you know, I've done things when I've been transitioning um, patients to rather dangerous medicines, necessary but dangerous, I would go through and pull out syringes, mark syringes, have people test them in front of me. Um, pharmacists can run screenings for HIV and help you make sure that you have good sexual health. They can counsel you on any medicine out there. Wow. If your pharmacist is not offering you these types of things, um, it may be time to change pharmacies. I have um, strong opinions and I am a huge advocate of independent pharmacies. You know, a lot of people on this call are independent businessmen and businesswomen. Yeah. Why do we support big chain pharmacies, especially those um, that carry beer, wine, liquor, cigarettes, um, joint, yeah. bars, etc. So, um, you know, not to give a plug for a certain chain, but if you can't find an independent pharmacy, I assure you that you can in your neighborhood. Um, an independent pharmacy can be life-changing because the person that's there, it was their passion to start that particular pharmacy with this particular practice model. They'll take time with you. They will take time to make sure that you understand your medicines. Um, how many of you have been to a pharmacy and no, you picked up a new prescription and nobody's told you what it is and you're trying to read that package insert, that should never happen to you. That I think is, everybody's had that happen. I mean, everybody. I, I've gone in because I, I'm a little bit of a terrible patient as most healthcare practitioners are. Um, and so I'm a terrible patient because I'll come in and I'll be asking really, really complicated questions. And if the pharmacist says something along the lines of, I can't answer that. You need to talk to your doctor. You need to talk to this. I'm like, mm -mm, nope, nope, you're fired. You know? Um, and so if you can't get to a local independent pharmacy, check out the next time that you're in a Walgreens, what they're selling. And then the next time you walk into a CVS, look at what they're selling. CVS took the number one most profitable item off of their store shelves, cigarettes. Did it over two years ago. Right, I remember that, yeah. They have now, just in the past two months, moved um, candy, sodas, into the back of the store. You can't, every CVS nationwide is going to go through this dramatic 
facelift um, because pharmacy has gotten so off track. When you're making more money from, from cigarettes and colas, you're a part of the problem. You're entrenched in it. So the next time that you are voting or the next time that you are writing a letter to your senator, your congressman, please, please remember pharmacists need to be recognized as care providers so that we can get paid to teach you about your medicines versus what we're currently getting paid for, which is handing you drugs. We gotta flip the system. We have to in order for us to take back ownership of our own health. And so, yeah, pharmacists know a lot about medicines. It's what we spent four years in a doctoral education to learn about. Um, I also, after I did my four-year education, I did two years of postdoctoral work. First year working in a hospital. Second year was in family medicine where I practiced in the hospital, in um, a nursing home, in a long-term care facility, as well as in my clinic, which was my favorite place to be. So yeah, know that your pharmacists have so much to offer. If you are ever hospitalized for whatever reason, or if you are involved in the healthcare system, ask to meet your pharmacist. You know, you should be seeing a pharmacist inside the hospital. I've and never, I came in, this is like blowing my mind. <laughs> I spent years never walking into the pharmacy except to just say, hey, or, you know, to deal with um, emergency medicines, etc. My entire career was spent, you get to the pharmacy, you get to the your office in the morning, you look at your patients, you have strategic objectives. Um, strategic objectives for pharmacists working in the healthcare system may include prevent 30-day readmissions for um, disease states such as heart attacks. If you have a heart attack in this country, you're probably going to be placed on five drugs. If all five of those drugs are new, you need an hour's worth of education in order to keep yourself safe because you need to know what to look out for. And if you're, if the place where you are in the hospital says, we don't have pharmacists that talk to patients, the language that you need to learn is there, there are, there are all different types of pharmacists. The most common language is to ask for your clinical pharmacist. I want to meet my pharmacist, my clinical pharmacist. If you have a child, especially a child who's got a complicated disease state, um, autoimmunity, cancer, etc., ask to meet the pharmacist. Um, there is a pharmacist who we give better care when it's not just an IV bag. We get give better care when you wake up in the morning going, oh, I, I, I'm hoping and praying that today Mr. Smith's blood sugar is right on point because I prescribed his insulin. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in hospitals, pharmacists are behind the scenes managing some of the most dangerous drugs out there. Um, 
And, you know, I'll tell you a story um, because I think it puts into scope how much power a pharmacist can have. Um, when I was a first year resident, um, I made a mistake. I made a mistake and I almost killed someone. Um, so I was managing, this woman had come into the hospital critically ill, could not eat, um, and because she was at risk for needing to go to surgery at any moment, she needed to be totally on an empty stomach. Well, you can't just starve people to death. Um, although, don't even get me started about how they're starving people nutritionally with the crap that they feed them. But calorically, you can't starve someone. So you have to get all of your nutrition through a vein. Well, somebody wrote TPN per pharmacy. So it's my job to go and write the order on exactly what is going to go in this lady's veins and sustain her life. Well, when you haven't eaten in five days or so, you're at risk for something called the refeeding syndrome. They first noticed it when people, when men and women were returning from World War II and they had been starving um, during the time in combat. Yeah. And they went, you know, to their favorite corner shop in Paris and ate cheese and bread and wine and all this and then they dropped dead. They drop dead because when you are starving, it makes your ions in your blood, specifically potassium, shift into your cells. Well, when you eat food, it causes a massive release of potassium from your cells. Well, when you release potassium from your cells too quickly, you die. That's wow. So yeah, I mean, this is what pharmacists know how to do everybody. Um, and so I made a mistake because I did not divide by three. So when you write these orders, you take what your goal nutrition is and divide by three, yeah. so you cut down the number of calories and then slowly build them back up. I woke up the next morning and I just had this sick feeling. I didn't know why, but I just felt like, ugh. And I got to the hospital and this lady's serum potassium was um, 2.7. Four is normal. 3.3, 3.2 is like the lower end of where you want to be. The lowest I've ever seen is like a 1.82. Below that, you die. You die. Um, and so um, her serum potassium, I, I think I said that backwards, The where the cells shift. The potassium goes inside the cells when you eat. Sorry. So, um, yes. and But that, that, we titrate antibiotics. You, if you are in some of the best cancer hospitals in the country, who do you think is writing your chemotherapy orders? If you go to MD Anderson in Texas, it's a pharmacist that's writing your chemotherapy orders. A physician will pick the drug. The pharmacist picks the dose, the route, the frequency, wow. the titration, the everything, because wow. we know the drugs better. Well, that's the thing, but everybody thinks that the doctor is the one that does all that. And I know we're, we're you guys will get into like the nutrition stuff in a second, but it's like, 
my brain is like blowing right now because I had no idea. And I'm sure 99.99% of people watching this have no idea. They're relying on the physician to write the orders, the dose, the this and that. And you go to the pharmacist and they just hand you, you know, here's my thieves, lot cough drops. They hand you a bag with your script and do you have any questions for the pharmacist? No, I'm good. And then they leave. So this is a great business building tip as well as how you can listen to make sure that you're being taken care of in um, the modern medical system. As leaders and as um, healthcare providers, whatever industry that you're in, if you're a, a school teacher, this is one of the best communication tips I've ever learned. If you want an answer of no, you ask a closed-ended question. Do you have any questions for the pharmacist? No. We should be asking if we are sincere about wanting to get down to what this person needs to know in front of us. You say, what questions can I answer for mm -hmm. you? I also, another powerful um Another powerful question that I have asked every patient since I heard someone ask it is, what concerns you about taking this medicine? You know, that can be powerful. I, I've heard Melissa Pepping, whenever she enrolls new members in her organization, she does a basic like onboarding. And you know, this is an unboxing your kit. And then she calls them three, four, five days later and says, hey, what oils have you used? What have you made out of them? Have you cooked with any of them? Mm -hmm. and she uses this, a variation of this very same question. Are there any oils that you have been scared to use? And I just thought, oh, that's powerful right there because that gives her a call to action where she can go, Ooh, I'm so sorry that you read that crap about wintergreen online. Yeah. Then <laughs> a couple of my favorite recipes with Panaway, and I can teach you how to use that safely. It's the same question that pharmacists have been asking, and I've been asking is what concerns you about this medicine? Um, I I find it heartbreaking that a lot of people reach out to me and they say, my doctor prescribed this medicine and I am scared to take it. And I don't always have the time to get into, okay, well, what makes you nervous? This, that, and the other. I can teach you that kind of stuff. But it's a failure for us to educate people. Um, and it also just drives me crazy when people are on three, four, five, 10, 12, I've seen medicine lists of 65 medicines long and you ask somebody, I can't even imagine. Yeah. When is the, I mean, so a typical medication therapy management visit, um, with me starts as you bring all your medicines and I pick them out of a bag one by one and I hand it to you and I say, what is this medicine? How do you take it? What does it do? And you would be shocked just seeing how many people stare at the bottle and go, I don't know how to take this medicine. It is a shame that healthcare information is written at this level because people who can't read, who have English as a second language, 
who are losing their eyesight and don't have money to go get glasses, right. we don't empower them. We don't empower them. And asking in this way allows me to uncover so much good information where I, you know, and I'll, I'll ask people sometimes, it takes me a long time, but once I've established that trust, there are times that I will outright say, can I ask you a very personal question? Um, is it easier for me to talk to you about information versus writing it down? And I've seen tears swell up in people's eyes and they, cause they don't have to admit to me that they can't read. I've been sitting with them for an hour. I recognize it. Right. And I know that taking two minutes with my cell phone to record them, the blue pill that has this symbol on it, you take twice a day with a full glass of water. That one's to help with your blood pressure. So that type of information can be powerful and poor doctors, you know, I'm not bashing on doctors. I love physicians. I love chiropractors, physical therapists, etc. But their system's broken too. Yeah, they got their own stuff going on. Totally, totally. You know, when you can bill 15 minutes is all you get with a patient. Um, if that is the situation that you're bound to, that makes your practice very, very difficult to take care of people in a way that was in your heart when you first started. Oh my gosh. So with this philosophy of education and empowering, that's where the cleanse started and some of the other things that you've got coming up. So let's go over you know, some of the basics of you know, um, health. What is the foundation? Like, you know, let's talk about water and food and exercise or sleep or whatever you think are those main things. And, and let's educate people briefly on that so they can take away that and then, you know, they can join the next one that you're going to do or whatever. Um, I, I find even myself, like we've talked about this before, I know what to do, but having somebody and having camaraderie and holding hands and cheering each other on <laughs> is so much more effective than trying to do it on your own fun, right if you yes. have friends that are doing it with you um if i had to sum up into one word what do i think the absolute pinnacle of health is it's awareness mm. awareness of your food your water your sleep your emotional health with your friends your family your spouse it's awareness of your own spirituality and it's with that awareness comes confidence that you can be in your own heart and mind and it also breaks that boundary it gives you freedom for everybody else to know and for everybody else to have their own space to be themselves so a typical so here are some of my favorite health enhancing tips that I have found over time um, number one get up um, early in the morning and go to bed early at night um, in Chinese medicine so I have been a patient of Chinese medicine for over 15 years and I adore it and so in Chinese it is amazing um, 
so I'll, I'll stick stick to my story. So many stories. <laughs> tangent, tangent. <laughs> I know, I know. It's like squirrel. Um, and so, all right. So in Chinese medicine, the optimal time to get the most restorative sleep is between 9 p.m. and 11 p.m. That is because that is when your body is warming itself and bringing everything together. So it's called your triple warmer time. Mm -hmm. That's adrenals. It's so amazing. <laughs> Endocrine. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so I also love the Chinese medicine clock. And so oh, yes. you can look at if you have different times of day where you're sluggish, there is an organ system that it is linked to. If you're somebody that wakes up between 2 a.m. and 4 a.m. every night, your liver is shot. So going to bed early, the optimum time to rise in Chinese medicine is between 5 to 7 a.m. And the best thing you can do first thing in the morning, um, take three deep breaths. Just energize your body. Then get out of bed, drink some apple cider vinegar and, um, the apple cider vinegar, the liver is like a suction cup for energy. The liver responds to the taste of sour, Yeah, the bitter, sour, the bitter, sour. And then the kidneys also are very, very bitter. Um, and that's why people who have liver disease are often very Sour. <laughs> They're sour. Well, it's like even gall, like you galled me, you know, and stuff like that. Totally. Yes. Um, apple cider vinegar and that taste of sour pushes energy out of the liver and frees it for the rest of your body. Mm -hmm. Then whatever your morning routine is, take five minutes, 10 minutes to sit quietly and, you know, I heard, I read, it was in a John Maxwell book, the, the, the 15 leadership habits, whatever that book is called. Um, he said, prayer is talking to God. A lot of us put a lot of emphasis on praying. Prayer is talking to God. Meditation is listening. Mm. And so I, taking five minutes, 10 minutes to listen to your body, call it the God within you, the universe, whatever your word is, go for it. Taking five to 10 minutes for that morning routine can be stellar. Hit your water super hard in the morning, especially if you're um, someone who struggles with nocturnal nighttime urination, having to get up. There are, when I was going to the office every day, I would make it my goal to drink a gallon of water before I left for work. It, water is amazing because the body knows what to do with it. Yeah. In the morning, it's energizing. In the evening, it is sedating. The last thing I do before I go to bed is drink a big glass of water. Um, so water and sleep really go very, very well together. Um, the food that you put in is critical. Absolutely. If you are still struggling where food has power over you, 
um, and you just, you see a piece of pizza and it's like, if you don't eat it, there's never going to be another piece of pizza in the entire world. If you are someone who struggles with that, I very highly recommend a book that changed my life forever. It's called Women, Food, and God. If you're a guy, just ignore the word women, just cross it out and put men, food, and God. Whoa, cross out whoa and just have it be Whoa, yeah, <laughs> just men. There you go. Thank you. Yeah, don't cross out women. So um, the this book is life-changing because the author contends that it's not what you eat, it's how you eat it. I know what I think is the most healthy way to eat. Not everybody agrees with me and that's fully their right. I have seen time and time again that the more plants you eat and the less eggs, dairy, meat, the better. Um, people argue with me about the data, um, I could go on and on about why I think that eggs, dairy, and meat are not good for you. However, some people just aren't there. They are not there that they are ready to give up eating meat. So this way that Janine Roth in Women, Food, and God makes the discussion is she says it's not what you eat, it's how you eat it. So challenge yourself. To, on a scale of 1 to 10, how hungry are you right now? A lot of people, when I ask that question, they go, I don't remember the last time I was hungry. Yeah. That's a problem because that means that you're eating because of habit, emotion. You're eating to cover something up instead of eating to nourish your body. Once you decide, okay, on a scale of one to 10, I'm at a hunger level of seven, okay? That's a time when you can go, I need to eat something. Her advice is think about what is the most delicious and wonderful thing that you can eat in this moment in time. If it's a filet mignon, go get it. If it's peanut M&Ms, go get it. If it's a kale salad, Go get that. When you take inventory and go, what's the most delicious thing I could eat? And allow yourself to eat it. You break the power that the food has over you. Because if you eat, if you sit mindfully, no phone, no TV, no work, no angry conversation, in the quiet, and you eat and assess on a scale of one to 10, how hungry am I? And you're like, okay, I'm still at a six and you keep eating and at five, four, three. And then you go, all right, I'm at a three now. Maybe it's time for me to stop eating. If you do that with an entire bag of peanut M&Ms, the next meal that you have where you go, what's the most delicious thing I can eat? It's not going to be a bag of peanut M&Ms. And eventually your body will come back and go, ugh. I, I feel like I want vegetables. Um, and so that's great. I also think that the more healthy food you eat, the more your palate loves it. So true. It, I mean, that is so incredibly true. And for those of you addicted to the other foods, you can't even imagine craving vegetables. It does happen. It totally does.
It took about, so the last cleanse that we did, it took about a week and a half for people that were totally addicted to junk food, crap, processed food, pizzas, you know, chicken nuggets, whatever it is. Um, it took about a week and a half of eating this way. And all of a sudden one woman who lost 15 pounds in three weeks on this cleanse. Wow. Right. Um, and, and I challenged her. I was like, you know, you got to keep up eating this way or it's just going to all come back. And she's like, I know, I know. She wrote to me and said, Lindsay, I went out to dinner. I did the very best that I could. I ordered the salad, no croutons, this, that, and the other. And she said, the moment I ate that salad dressing, the first thing I tasted was sugar. And I was like, see, you have just rechanged your taste buds. Wow. To be able to go, I don't like it. Another powerful story from this cleanse, um, because a lot of people struggle to bring their families along with them. We had husbands that were like, I will die before I start eating meat. And I'm like, you might want to think about that phrase. Um, but we had a six or seven year old child about a week and a half in go, mom, I think I like this healthy food better than that other crap. It tastes better. And so you retrain your palate um, for it to be, for it to really taste wonderful. Um, so eat what you put in is going to make you healthier. So eat more plants, eat them mindfully. Get your sleep, get your water. If there are key supplements for people, I was good. You're like reading my mind because I was literally thinking, are there any key, you know things that you found as a pattern or a core group of supplements to supplement the diet? Not replace the diet, supplement the diet. I am a huge advocate of probiotics. Absolutely love them. Um, I think our gut health has gotten so jacked because yeah. the foods that we eat that are unfortunately cheaper more convenient and more abundant. Um, they destroy our gut bacteria. The other thing is, is if you do choose to eat a lot of meat, understand that there is very strong evidence that you are recruiting bacteria that feed on a substance called carnitine. And this can lead to um, the production of something called TMAO, which is a really powerful free radical generating species. So if you are um, eating meat, you really want to make sure that you're hitting that probiotic. Um, if people ask me all the time, should I take probiotics along with my antibiotics? Absolutely. You should double or triple your dose yeah. um, two weeks ahead of time, the whole time you're on it, and two weeks after. So I'm a huge advocate of probiotics because they won't overcome bad habits but they help a lot of bad habits not have so many impacts on our bodies. Multivitamin, always a good idea. Master Formula is a wonderful, wonderful yes. multivitamin. Um, it's got really plant-based nutrition in it and a lot of it. I'm a huge advocate of Young Living Supplement Sulfurzyme as well. Um, sulfurzyme is a sulfur donor 
in your body and sulfur is so critical for your cell structure, for building your one of your most powerful detoxifying um, structures called glutathione critical for your hair and nails so it can help you to build those structures with your keratin and then it's also just powerful in the way that it helps your body to generate energy as well as detoxify so sulfurzyme life nine master formula if you really want a swift kick in the pants throw in some mineral essence in oh, there. i love mineral essence a lot it's mineral supplementation. I could probably write a book about how much I love magnesium. Yes. And I could write a book about how much I love selenium. Um, so if you've got anything wrong with you and your physicians or your pharmacists are just like, we can't figure it out. We just don't know. Take massive amounts of selenium for a week and just see what happens. Um, it really can be profound what minerals can do for your body and also all right so here are things here are some common misconceptions that i think are leading us to worse health you don't need nearly as much protein as you think you do you don't need nearly as much calcium as you think you do oh that's for sure yeah it's oh, a huge myth it's people a huge are getting in trouble with that because they've been They've been programmed to think that, oh, your bones, calcium, calcium, and it's causing massive problems. Yes, because calcium is completely inefficient without magnesium. You can't like utilize it. They go together. The worst things about calcium, number one, calcium constricts things. Magnesium relaxes things. Calcium is hard as a rock. And so what does it do? It gets in your blood, hooks up with cholesterol, and then makes calcified plaques in your body. And calcified plaques are just like, hi, please give me a stroke or deposit a blood clot in my widow maker in my heart. Yeah. Uh, it's bad. Oh, and the, the thing about protein is, Everybody is protein obsessed these days. And I'm not, I'm not trying to hate on meat eaters. Vegans eat too much protein. Um, protein is very, very hard on the kidneys because the kidneys have to process it or it, it's a part of the elimination of, um, of proteins. And so you're really taxing your body by eating too much protein. And again, that's not saying anything as meat eaters. That's just everybody's eating too much protein because people are protein obsessed. Um, another thing that I love as a quick, easy self-care tip, castor oil packs. Um, castor oil packs are wonderful, wonderful, easy to do. You take a piece of wool flannel, saturated in castor oil, put some water on, hot water and hot water bottle, lay down, wrap the castor oil flannel and saran wrap and put that hot water bottle on top of your liver. OMG, you wanna talk about bringing blood to your liver, increasing your positive immune cells. Ladies, if you're struggling to get pregnant, 
you do a cast oil pack all over the top of your uterus. Yeah. Amazing. And it's just a 10 minute, 15 minutes of your day that you go, I'm just going to lay here and breathe. And that's powerful, powerful as well. Yeah. I love those. There, there's one other thing. Oh, do you have now we're just going to go there. Okay. A, uh, since we got, you know, about 10 minutes left. So what about coffee enemas? I love them. Mm -hmm. I love them. The first time that I did one. Um, so can you imagine? I always tease this. Can you now first shits and giggles, you guys, if you had a video videoing your face the whole time you're trying to do this the first time, you would be laughing for the next 20 years of your life because you're holding that tube going. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> so go ahead, tell your story. <laughs> first time that I did one, um, I stood up and I wish I'd taken a before and after picture. <laughs> You, you could literally see the toxins had drained out of my body. Um, it was profound. So um, I learned about coffee enemas when I was in pharmacy school. And I can't remember. Oh, I remember an ex-boyfriend's mom told me about them. I was complaining about um, she does craniosacral work and is just very intuitive. And she was working on me one day and she was like, I think your gallbladder needs some serious support. And I was like, all right, well, fine. She recommended doing a coffee enema. And I was like, she is out of her mind. A coffee what? enema, why? Coffee going where? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, but then I started learning and reading more about Dr. Max Gerson. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. You start yeah. reading about Max Gerson, the Gerson method. I got books over there. It's amazing. The Beautiful Truth um, and, and Dying to Have Known are two documentaries that can introduce you to Dr. Gerson's methods. I got goosebumps. <laughs> oh, there's, it's so good. And so Dr. Gerson basically takes people with death sentences. He, he has unfortunately passed away, but the people that he trained, his daughter is still doing the work. Charlotte yeah, his daughter's like 90 something. And I know she's, a, she's totally like, she's got grit guys. She's in the documentaries and you're like, that woman owns it. I mean, she's mm, tough girl. I love her. If I had a story like hers or like her father's, so Dr. Gerson's story is back in like, I don't know, the 20s, the 1910s, he published a case report of curing 50 people from cancer. Curing 50 people from mm -hmm. cancer. Um, and then he started just doing this work um, in his clinic. What he found was that he um, got barred from practice of uh, medicine in the United States and had to relocate down to Mexico to start this clinic. You can now go to Gerson Practitioners. It's outrageously expensive, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I, I actually wrote them a letter and said, it disappoints me that you don't allow pharmacists to apply to be Gerson Practitioners. <laughs> Dot, dot, dot. Good point. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and so you basically take a plant-based diet and very heavily concentrated um, vegetable juices, and that's what you live on. And it just 
you you can watch the cancer drain out of people's bodies. And it's amazing. Look at the before and afters. Google before and afters Gerson therapy. The best part about it is that it works best in cancers that modern medicine really doesn't treat that well. Yes. It, I mean, melanoma, malignant melanoma is basically a death sentence in this country. Whereas it's like, if you just use some coffee enemas, some castor oil packs, some fresh pressed vegetable juices, eliminate all the dairy, the eggs, the gluten, the inflammation, it just drains right out. It drains right out of you. You eliminate it from your bowels. Um, so that's something else. Another big misconception about health. People are constantly wanting to go to the gym to lose weight. The problem is our bodies are so toxic and those toxins live within our fat cells and the fat just holds on because it has nowhere to get rid of these toxins. You have to get weight out through your bowels. Yes. That was a major difference I noticed during the cleanse is, you know, not to be TMI, but you know, everybody poops. But, you know, you went from having stools of six inches long to eight, 10, 12 inches long. Um, and I wasn't the only one. Tons and tons of other people reported that same thing. They were like, oh, my gosh, am I eliminating? And I'm like, woohoo, yay. The double flusher club. <laughs> exactly. I know, where you got the Curtis and Flusher one. So, um, so yeah, there's there's powerful information out there. It's just it's been bogged down, um, and people don't know where to turn. And so that is why awareness, awareness of hmm, maybe having one last less glass of wine tonight will give me a better morning. Um, awareness of I am choosing to eat. A, a pumpkin pie, but I'm going to do my best to make it myself and take the effort um, to do it. Um, it. It can be really simple. Um, and the best thing about health is it's a series of cumulative decisions. You don't have to do it all at once. That's not what it is. That's why crash dieting never works. You know, it's never going to stick because you have to train good habits. We are nothing more than a collection of our habits summed up. And so let's just make one good decision each day and repeat it tomorrow. And that's the path. That's it. Absolutely. You know, when are you, as we wrap up here, when are you going to do this again? Because I know you've been bombarded with people asking, and I've seen it even on your threads, you know, oh my gosh, I, I want to do it. Are you going to do this again? And um, Yeah, so I've got um, a lot of great ideas. Um, uh, Jen, you're, you're so inspirational to me. I thank you for the mentoring that we've done this week. Um, so I want to offer more. I feel like... Um, I've, I offer so much as far as education on Young Living products, but I want to do more. And so over the next few weeks, I am going to be looking to take on some people that want direct mentoring with me that are sick and tired of being sick and tired. And, um, 
it will include a lot of the services that I've already talked about that MTM let's look at that medicine list let's let me teach you how to advocate for yourself with your other healthcare providers more in-depth education about foods it will include the cleanse so I'm gonna look for a very small group of people that really want to work on all of those levels and then maybe it's not right for you to say I want to go whole hog maybe you don't need the MTM service because you aren't taking any medicines like rock on but you go I still want to do this cleanse all right cool well um, I'm going to produce a set of about six videos that you can come watch them be involved and then we'll do another group cleanse in October and so we'll put it together so if you so if you're ready and you're like no I want to do it now I want to really do it now go ahead you can get that video and then you know I can add you into the old Facebook group and then as we go forward for people that want a new live dedicated group where they're gonna get live education be able to ask questions as I'm teaching um, we'll do that again in October so um, there was such a positive response to this I told I told Benji I was like you know we're gonna end up just living this lifestyle nonstop because so it inspires so many people to take control and ownership of their health and so yeah and then I also am always open I can be hired for speaking events both digital speaking events as well as live so if you've got a big live your passion rally coming up or a yoga event if I, I also teach yoga and include essential oils with the yoga nice. um, so aroma yoga and so if you want to hire me for any of that just check out um, my website is www.thepharmacistalabama.com and it's pharmacist with an F and um, then follow me on social media at the pharmacist ALA across all social media platforms and that's gonna get you all that good information and so yeah I also do research for people if they cannot get down to the bottom of what's going on with their health um, I'm happy to help look into those questions for them and so all of those are services that I offer oh that's fantastic because it's such a huge support and even you know the, our community is so educated anyways but when you're stuck in the forest you can't see the trees you that outside perspective who is highly educated had experience with every sort of is just quote ease you know out of ease yeah. and and having guidance because this is the truth every you know everybody's listening when we become Back, when we come back into health, and if you are on medications, you need guidance to change that. And I know, Lindsay, you've told some stories. I've seen it myself, you know, throughout the course of time where your body starts to heal and come back online, and you're, you might become overdosed on the medication. You might need a different something like that. You might need some type of altering or maybe elimination, and that should be done with the professional not on your own for sure um that's dangerous so and I work in collaboration with all of your providers i i give you advice and i am happy to write you letters and say you nice. know, hey you know dr stone um we <laughs> want to your not you know dr stone polarity therapy um you know hey dr stone so and so has been really changing the way that they eat 
I've kept track of their blood sugar log over the past three weeks, and I'm concerned for risk of hypoglycemia. Would you please consider decreasing this? You know, yeah. so um, yeah, great health is already inside of you. We just got to peel back those layers um, and get out of the the go 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 and just become aware. It's just an awareness. That's it. I have a mentor who says, if you weren't born with it, you don't need to keep it, you know? And, oh, that's cute. That's yeah, that, it's like, you know, you, get, you lived your way. It's like you lived your way into whatever you're experiencing. You've got to live your way out of it as well. And, and there's no magic oil. There's no magic fruit or drink or anything. The magic is, like you said, every piece. And so, you know, yeah, I totally agree. And you guys, there was one other thing I want to mention. Lindsay, you have presentations that are already done so if people are yeah. like I don't know what to say you've got a whole bunch of them done so that they yeah. can take your slides and present them through webinars or live events correct absolutely so um, if you go to the shop on my website um, there are presentations for your next meeting there are subscriptions to um, a class that I teach once a month and then there's also clothing. So if you like- Oh, some of those are so cute. I love those phrases. Go ahead. So yeah, the most popular slide deck that I have sold so far is uh, on detoxing your home. Mm. Um, the Thieves line of products. And it's more so talking about what's not in them. But there's also, there's one on reproductive health on um, the new convention products and several several more so if you are new to young living and you go i really want to build my business but i don't know where to start this is a set of slides as well as um a talking talking points for you so i think it's also empowering because then all the people in the room that you've just taught you say Hey, if you'd like to join me on this journey and teach your own meeting, you too can have this exact same class. Just head over to Lindsay's website and pick it up. Yes, I love that. Oh, and my most favorite thing of all, I almost forgot, is sitting right here is this. Oh, my new book. You guys, I'm going to tell you. Even if you are a super ninja backflip essential oil and health and wellness expert, the best way to have freedom in your business and to create duplication is when people come into the company or maybe they're people who've been in a while. This is, I read this and I'm like, all the answers of that thing that people ask you about questions that keep them from using, it's all here. Like short answer, long answer, dorky answer, which is my favorite, the long answers. And I get to geek out and see some graphs and things in here too. I love that. But yeah. the, this is done. I love this because this answers those questions that keep people from using the products, from changing their lifestyle. And it takes us away from being an expert. Yes. As we are labeled as experts, then it empowers other people to yes. do their own research. So you can pick up the book. Um, it's called Essentials, 50 Answers to Common Questions About Essential Oils, www.growinghealthyhomes that uh, Jen just showed. Um, Growing Healthy Homes and then Essentials-Book. And um, it is right there. Um, and then it's it's also available over on uh, over on Amazon. So yeah, you have to get like this is not negotiable, you guys. Not negotiable. This and those the big desk reference book. People 
I love the emotional book too by Carolyn Maine. And these, this is like the new gotta have. So I just had to plug in there because I, I got this and I'm like, I don't buy many books anymore because I have like multiple cabinets all over the house. Back yeah, there. A few. And then there's more there and there's more downstairs. And I've given away like 30, 30 boxes of books. And I'm like, I bought this one at convention because I'm like, I need this. And like, I need yes, another I'm book. I'm so but proud of how beautiful it is. All it is. Yes. And it's so easy to, and you nailed it with every question in here. I've probably heard 5,000 times. Do allergies to essential oils exist? Mm -hmm. Do essential oils interact with bacteria? How quickly do essential oils enter the bloodstream? What essential oils should I avoid if I am pregnant? You guys, that's it. I'm going to end with that. So, <laughs> well, thank you so much, Lindsay, for being here and sharing your wisdom. And um, everybody, get to the website, thepharmacistalabama.com, with the F and not a PH. Find her on Facebook, subscribe. You can go to notifications and you want to see her stuff because you do want to see her stuff. There's absolutely no doubt about that. And so I'm going to just sign off, everybody. Have an amazing evening. Oh, and if you are registered for this webinar, which you are, Lindsay will let you know when she opens up that next session. She'll send you an email. And if you're interested, you guys can go from there. Okay, so bye, everybody. Bye, y'all. Thank you. Thank you, Jen. You're the best. Thanks, everybody.